The following is a ministry of City Life Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. We hope you find this teaching encouraging and instructive. Perhaps you are currently a follower of Christ or are perplexed, skeptical, or even antagonistic to Christianity. Regardless, we would love to hear from you. Please contact us at info at citylifetc.org. Thank you for listening, and please contact us if we can be of service to you. Peace be with you. The reading today is from Luke 1, 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be a great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Am I on? Can you hear me? It's filled up in here. <laughs> at at uh, about 35 after, there were about four of us. <laughs> this is lovely. Um, my name is Brian Bademan, and I'm one of your our ruling elders. Um, I have been tasked to offer a Christmas homily. Homily uh, is the same thing as a sermon, except I think customarily shorter. So I am uh, going to try to give us a lot of meat, Christmas meat, before lunch uh, uh, in, in uh, 10 minutes. Uh, but I do, uh, in order to do that, I am going to need you to follow along uh, in your Bibles uh, this passage that Tess, my wife, uh, just read, uh, Luke 1 and uh, verses 26 to 38. Um, what I have is something of a close reading of, or uh, a close reading of, of this passage. So the church calendar, as you are probably aware, uh, begins not on January 1st, New Year's Day. That's when our sort of conventional secular calendar begins. Uh, the church calendar doesn't begin on Easter, uh, the resurrection, uh, not even on Pentecost, 
uh, which marks the beginning of the church age, uh, so to speak. Instead, the church calendar begins on uh, Advent, with Advent, which uh, happens, kind of starts right around Thanksgiving, this short season uh, characterized by expectation and longing, waiting and watching in the dark. And then, uh, just weeks later comes today, Christmas Day, when the light appears. Christmas is the celebration of the beginning of God's answer to his people's longing expectation. We could say, I think fairly, that the whole Old Testament is summarized and replayed during the season of Advent, but that the New Testament starts with Christmas. The Gospels, in fact, all start with the arrival of Jesus, God's very personal answer to our deepest longings. But if we had to pinpoint the moment, or even the word, at which the New Testament properly begins, when Christmas begins, we might not do better than to locate it in the angel Gabriel's announcement to Mary that she will give birth to a Savior. Or even in this first word to Mary, which the ESV renders greetings. I think you see that in the passage Tess read. But the Greek word here is actually kara, or rejoice. And I'm so glad that we sang some songs this morning with this theme of rejoicing. The angel says, rejoice, the Lord is with you. Or rejoice, the Lord is in your midst, would be another way to translate it. It's interesting, the customary Hebrew greeting would have been shalom, or peace be with you. But Gabriel chooses this Greek word rejoice. Why? Well, it might be uh, because of this passage in Zephaniah. And if you do have your Bibles or your apps, uh, I do invite you to turn with me to Zephaniah chapter 3. As a way of tying together Advent and Christmas, or the Old Testament and the New Testament this morning, I want to open up and draw your attention to a few verses from the prophet Zephaniah. Imagine knowing them by heart. Imagine having been the kind of person like Mary who would have instinctively known this theme. Okay? And here, now, Zephaniah uh, chapter 3, verses uh, 14 to 17. Verses 14 to 17. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared 
away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord, your God, is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Now Mary knew the scriptures. We know this because her song, what we call the Magnificat, a few verses later in our text, is replete with Old Testament themes and Old Testament hope. It doesn't so much quote the Old Testament, sort of word for word, as much as it sums up hundreds and hundreds of years of messianic expectation in one brief poetic outcry. There may not have been another living person at the time so shaped by the hope of God's coming king, which is perhaps why Mary was, quote, notice this in Luke 1, greatly troubled at the saying. She was greatly troubled at the saying. Zephaniah's prophecy about the Lord being in the midst of his people, or literally, so if you dig into the Hebrew here, literally in her people's womb, as the Hebrew text implies, picks up themes from the book of Exodus. In Exodus, God threatens not to dwell in the midst of his people in the temple, in the womb of the Ark of the Covenant, for they were a stiff-necked and rebellious people. But Mary has found favor, the angel says. Mary's womb will receive God's temple presence. Given the gravity of what the angel was saying, you can see why Mary was so startled. And then look with me quickly at the content of the angel Gabriel's promise. Note two things, if you will. First, this son, which Mary will, quote, conceive in her womb, will be called the Son of the Most High and will be given the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. So here in the virgin's womb, this most unlikely and barren of places, will come the fulfillment of all of God's promises to his people. The child will be made a king. The last shall be first. The weak shall be strong. Mary understands the significance and the theology, but not the manner. And so she asks how this will happen, since she is a virgin. And the angel's answer again recollects Israel's history and connects it to the temple. 
Just like God's Shekinah glory hovered over the great tent of meeting, so would God's glory and Holy Spirit overshadow Mary, making the child holy. In these few words, we have the whole history of Israel summarized. But this is clearly not just a history lesson for Mary or for us. Something altogether new is happening. Something rightly to evoke wonder and joy in all who perceive it. For in these verses, we see old wineskins bursting and new wine breaking forth, life-giving wine. We see God the Father acting in power to save his people. We see the glory of the Lord, his Holy Spirit, descending and dwelling, centering our attention on one whose name is God saves, Yahweh saves, on a baby who is a king and who indeed is the Lord himself. We don't have a theology of the Trinity articulated here in Luke 1, but we see the Trinitarian mystery in action to fulfill God's covenant promises to his people more clearly than ever before. Our Christmas and our Christian hope is this, that God's revelation of himself in Jesus and his dwelling in our midst is our salvation. And the Christian response to this is joy. Rejoice, brothers and sisters. This is the Christian response to this message of salvation. Let's pray. Lord, would we be like Mary? Would we receive your word of salvation and believe and submit to it? Would our hearts cry out, rejoice, joy in the Lord, the God who saves. Lord, help us to see in this Christmas story and in this Christian message, your saving Trinitarian reality. Help us to know your triune love this day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a ministry of City Life Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. We hope you were encouraged by this teaching. Thank you for listening and please contact us at info at citylifetc.org if we can be of service to you. Peace be with you.